Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan and my guest in this episode is Josh Orty. Now, despite only being 31, he seems like he's been around forever in British Speedway and has raced for the Red Car Bears, the Sheffield Tigers, the Coventry Bees, the Birmingham Brummies, the Leicester Lions, the Kingsland Stars and most notably the Scunthorpe Scorpions, which is where he's going to be having his testimonial meeting, which is the curtain raiser for British Speedway's season in 2022, the very first fixture. He's also had some success internationally, where he was the winner of the Queensland State Championship in 2010, and he did that beating Darcy Ward despite having an eye infection. The, the big one were winning the, the Queensland title, just phenomenal times and memories that that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. We'll find out more about that. Plus, he's one of the lucky riders to, at one point, have appeared in the Speedway Grand Prix in Cardiff. He got a ride out as a track reserve. We'll talk all about that and look at how his own dream meeting may look as well before the end here on Humans of Speedway. But right now, let's welcome Josh and start with that testimonial because it's been delayed, what with everything in the world. And um, finally, it's happening as the curtain raiser. You, you must be pleased to, that it's finally here. Yeah, no, I'm obviously really, really looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming, my testimonial. It's, as I said, the first staging of it, the pandemic hit. Um, and obviously, the whole of 2020 season were uh, not run. And then 2021, I, I personally chose not to, to, to run my, or stage my meeting in that season. And uh, yeah, here we are in 2022 and I'm looking forward to it. With a clean slate as well. And uh, obviously you've got a new team. We'll talk about that in a sec. But when you line up at the tapes for the first time at your testimonial, that's going to be the first time you've competed since what, June last year or something like that? So it's been a long time since you've lined up against other riders in a in a competitive heat of Speedway. So you must be just like itching to get back out there on the bike and to the tapes again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm... I'm really looking forward to just getting back on a bike and enjoying my racing again, to be honest. It's 2021 were really rough for me personally in every department, really. So I just want to, you know, start afresh. Looking forward to riding for Birmingham. I loved it there in 2012 and 2013. Came really close to, to winning some silverware with them. So it'd be nice to, you know, have a good have a good year personally. 
I think many fans, not just of Scunthorpe, but probably across the whole of British Speedway, were surprised to see that you were replaced having been at Scunthorpe for so long. You know, nine years is a long time, but clearly um, a change was required at, at some level in that team and and you were the one to make way. And that just really goes to show that, that Speedway is quite brutal at times, isn't it? Sport can be quite brutal, really. You can be top top goal scorer in football one season and if you're not banging the goals in the next season, you dropped. It's as simple as that. It's, to me, it's, it opens your eyes up a little bit regarding things like that. Business is business. That's, that's the way you've got to look at it. It's as ruthless as that. And has it has it fired you up a bit more for this year? Because whilst it's your testimonial, you you are you know you're only what thirty one and you're prime of your career really in, in in many ways. You have to say. Yeah, I think sometimes you need a, a kick up the backside, and I think twenty twenty one as as a year for me that was a big kick up backside, as if to say you know you've got a. You've got to do better. What I won't performing at the time. Everybody knows now the issues that I had. That, that we're going through. So, um, you know, it wasn't as black and white as you just you just want performing. Obviously, if the mental aspect of racing is just as critical as the physical aspect, your whole, the whole package surrounding the rider has to be bang on if you want to, if you want to be competitive. And obviously, 2021 wasn't a, wasn't a great year for me. I felt that I, I was trying to kind of work in a warehouse alongside my racing and it's it's difficult I mean it's difficult to hold a full-time job as well as as race competitively because you you know ultimately if you want to be at the top of your game every focus has to be on winning speedway races because that's your that's your livelihood at the end of the day if you're not performing you're not getting the substantial income you need to be able to live so yeah as I said it's a completely fresh start Mentally, physically, for me as well. So, as I said, I, I can't. I really can't wait to get back on a bike. I mean, I would like to have been back on a bike the previous two weekends, but the weather's not been really kind, kind to us. Uh, obviously, the the weather's been dreadful, so n- nobody's really been able to get to get back on a on a speedway track. You, your bikes are ready, and you're looking forward to, um, to to the new season. And of course, it kicks off as mentioned with your testimonial, the 19th of March, um, five o'clock. It's uh, Scunthorpe, of course, and um, yeah, you, you got a cracking lineup. I, mean, I think obviously riders are, are, are ready, raring to go, and, and you've assembled um, a great field, and, and your lineup's complete as well now. So we can talk about all the riders. Yeah, absolutely. I'm obviously over at the moon to get me me lineup complete. That was sort of paramount for me before. Before you can really do much promoting, to be fair, so it was good to to get sixteen riders in my lineup, two reserves, and um, as I said, it'd be difficult to pick a winner from the field that I've assembled. I think the uh, I think your standouts is obviously Danny King, Bomber Harris, Charles Wright. You know, you got three British champions. They they know how to win, and and they. I think can deal with the pressures of being a champion and a winner, and a couple of league champions as well from the Premiership with um, Jordan Paley, who of course doubles up with Scunthorpe, but Ulrich Ostergaard also going to be on show. And you mentioned some of the other names too, a few British champions joining the lineup in uh, Danny King, Chris Harris, and um, Charles Wright. 
it must be good for the riders as well at this stage of the season. You officially open the season and for the riders to you know, put general practice behind them and, and start pitting their wits against um, fellow professionals. Absolutely. It's the first, as, as you've mentioned, it's the first competitive meeting of the season. I'm really proud to be able to to say that. You know, I'm opening the British domestic uh, calendar, which is... Um, I feel that I, I deserved it for my for the service over quite a long period of time, especially for Scunthorpe. I think I did nine consecutive years there, eleven in total, including my conference league days. So, as I said, I'm just I'm just buzzing to get going. I'm looking forward to getting back on my bike and hopefully winning some races. And what's the format of the event going to be? Are you having uh, like a, a four-team tournament idea or is it going to be pairs or is it going to be a straight individual? How's it all going to run? It's basically uh, exactly like a Grand Prix. So there's 20 races, there's two semifinals and a final, which I wanted to go down that route to to give the supporters good value for money in terms of 20, 23 races for £16. I didn't think that, you know, I thought that were good value for money. The British youth are obviously doing the pre-meeting entertainment. I've, I've felt strongly about giving youth some track time as well because we've all been there. We've all been a youngster wanting to get out on track and ride different circuits to gain experience to help us throughout his career. So I felt that particularly the the youth riders, I did want to you know kick kickstart my event. And Scunthorpe is one of those tracks that really dedicates lots of time to the youth as well. And, and many riders have, have started their careers there, not least you know, Ty Woffenden, <laughs> to name one. Um, Jordan Palin, of course, another one. Jordan Jenkins, who we also spoke to recently, another who spent a lot of time around the Scunthorpe training track. So um, it is a, a great facility for the youth. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Scunthorpe is is very similar to sort of the Leicester setup where they can run practice and amateur events throughout the the winter months. So it has been a, I mean, Scunthorpe in general has been a sort of a breeding ground for for young riders. I think both your Worrells came through uh, starting there, as as you mentioned, Palin, Ty Wuffenden, myself. Um, yeah, there's been many lads that have that have probably taken the first laps at Scunthorpe. So it's it's definitely Scunthorpe as a club has made its mark within British Speedway. And a couple of those um, youth riders, uh, your track reserves as well, the uh, the McGurk brothers who have um, you know, attracted a lot of attention, I think obviously will continue to do so over the, over the years as, as they make their way through the sport. But again, exciting for them to be lining up potentially um, against some of these well-known names. Absolutely, I've- they uh they only live down the road from me. I'm obviously obviously I live in Dewsbury, and they're from Brighouse. And I just felt that you know let's give some local lads just the the opportunity to be part of the event. So yeah, I think they'll both be chomping at the bit. Hopefully, you know they'll be hoping that someday it goes through the tape so they get an opportunity to to get out on track with with some class riders as as I mentioned before, Bomber, Bomber Danny and and Charles. Charles Wright, British champions. That's uh, you know that's who the the could potentially line up against. Which I think at you know that age, I remember being that age, and you, at the time, riders coming through would obviously have been like 
uh, your Ricardsons and stuff like that. I would have been loved to have lined up against them guys and or a British champion at the time would have. I think it would have been Mark Ram, somebody like that, to be able to come up against. I mean, Mark Ram personally was uh, probably one of my favourite riders. I think in terms of his, he's just a he's my kind of rider. I would describe him as in terms of give. But Bomber's very similar to, to, to sort of Mark, I would say, in terms of absolutely gives everything within within the moment of a race and never gives in. Yeah, ex- exciting to watch, you know, as well, and, and, and entertainer for the crowds. And obviously, I think riders clearly appreciate the, the style as well, don't they? And uh, fantastic lineup. And, uh, and, and, and of course, you're part of the lineup. You're, you're, you're getting to line up against these as well, which, of course, is, is probably nothing new for you. But um, for you, we're talking about your pre season preparations and uh, you, as important for you as, as, as the rest of the riders to test yourself in, in, a, in a meaningful match. Absolutely. It's completely. As you mentioned before, it's competitive racing. You know, I'll still be lining up as I always do, want to wanting to win. Uh, as you know, all the other guys will want to win. You know, it's it's first meeting of the season. You want to get your, you know, your calendar up and running, and and you know, it's the perfect way is, is to win. It's as simple as that to get to gain and build confidence throughout the season. So yeah, it's yeah. I'm, I just can't. I just can't wait to. To compete again, I, I, you know, I thrive off the challenge, and as I said, I'm just looking forward to getting back on my bike and enjoying it. A, a different part of Speedway for you as well that you've experienced, um, that of being a promoter. Anybody you want to give a shout out to that's helped you put this together? Because a couple of episodes ago, we spoke to to Lewis Kerr, who has his meeting, his testimonial the night after yours that same weekend. And he was saying, I never want to be a promoter. <laughs> How's it all gone for you and, and who's helped you put this event together? There's a lot of people that need mention for, first and foremost, the riders for committing to, to me event. Um, you know, the supporters, hopefully, that, that are going to come out and experience it. The sponsors, uh, Attis Insurance, who obviously sponsors Scunthorpe, they've, they're, they're the meeting sponsor. First Electrical have sponsored all eight British youth riders, which is phenomenal. Um, I think I've got 15 out of the 16 riders currently sponsored. I mean, I could go on all day that they individually mentioning everybody, but the, I'll just have to say all the sponsors involved have been phenomenal because my, I think, you know, that the, when the first staging of it were cancelled, obviously I had to contact everybody and say, look, do you want your money returning or do you want to just, can it just sit in, in the testimonial account? And everybody said, just keep hold of it, which is, you know, phenomenal, really. They've all been incredible, incredibly understanding. So, yeah, as I said, the, the sponsors, all the volunteers that will help at the track as well, they've all said, yeah, we'll, we're good for that, for that date, which is brilliant. Thank you, family, for putting up with me because it's been it as uh, as you've mentioned with Lewis. It is super stressful, super stressful. Um, and then anybody that I haven't mentioned, that everybody knows who's who's been involved with it. Julie Redding, another person that that's taken on a lot regarding it. She's been, done many testimonials over the years for many many riders. Rob for for allowing me to host the event there. Rob and Gail Godfrey. The list honestly just goes on, on and on and on. It's 
and I, you know, if I've if I've forgotten anybody, I, I'm uh, I hold my hands up and say, you know, so, sorry that I forgot to mention them, but um, yeah, it's not as uh, easy as as slinging sixteen riders together, and that's your that that's it. There's so much more goes on behind the scenes, referees, the insurance of the events. It's uh, yeah, it's most definitely opened my eyes regarding the organisation to a to a speedway meeting. I'll just run through the full lineup then, as it is, so that people know who's going to be there. Um, so the confirmed lineup then is uh, Danny King, Chris Harris, Ben Barker, Charles Wright, Jake Allen, Simon Lambert, Richard Lawson, Ryan Douglas, Jordan Palin, Kyle Howarth, yourself, Josh Orty. Paul Stark, Ulrich Ostergaard, Zane Kennedy, Tero Arneo and Kyle Newman and the uh, track reserves, Harry and Sam McGurk, which, uh, yeah, that's a strong lineup. You've got to say, you've got to be happy with that, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah, really, I'm happy with it. It's, um, it's diff- when, you, when you read the list out like that, it's difficult to pick a winner, but I th- I'm going to go with, uh, like, uh, I'm going to go with Bomber because he's, he's my sort of right, as I, as I said before, he's my sort of rider. Um, you know, if I've rode with him and against him, particularly my Coventry days, I uh, I would say that's when I got a, a really good friendship with him. To be to be quite honest, and it's just when you when you're in a team with Bomber, it's like if you go into war, he would be that guy that I go, you come into war with me. Is that you know he gives everything. He's a he's an absolute warrior. I mean the. The year that Coventry won the league title, where he, I think Lewis Bridger runs over him, and he gets up, wins the rerun. I think in in that moment, in that meeting, if Bomber doesn't come out in that rerun, Coventry don't win that league title. It's as simple as that. Within that moment, gets up, dusts himself down, wins rerun, wins the rerun, and it's just this. I mean, I I was part of the squad at the time, but I I wasn't at that meeting. But I can imagine that an event like that gives everybody a collective lift in the team. When you know when something like that happens, and I think that almost like swung the the tie in in Coventry's favour at the time. So massive, massive moment. Um, and as I said, if uh, if you go into war, you're taking Chris Harris with you. It's simple as that. Yeah, that was an incredible moment. And we, we talk about Speedway riders being made of different stuff, but, you know, as far as that goes, Bomber is uh, Bomber's the top, isn't he? He just, just keeps coming back. Nothing's going to stop him. He's a warrior. He's a warrior. And the Scunthorpe track, you know, some good racing and uh, look forward to seeing some of those those classic moves from Bomber as well, you know, see if he can uh, do his last to first move. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Put Bomber anywhere and he'll, he'll, his box office, isn't he? So... Yeah, it'll be as I said. I'm well, quite honoured that he's given up his time to compete in my event, and uh, you know, I really, really appreciate that all the lads have, um, you know, given the time up to to race at the Josh Orty testimonial. So the Josh Orty testimonial then Saturday, nineteenth of March. It starts at five o'clock at uh, Scunthorpe's Eddie Wright Raceway, and uh, a great lineup. If you're in the area and you can make it, then. Uh, then certainly um, you'll be in for a great evening. And I know there's some people that are planning on making a weekend of the uh, the various 
meetings are happening that weekend. So there's yours on the Saturday, there's Lewis Kerr on the Sunday, and then you've got the Peter Craven meeting on the Monday. So you can actually make um, a full um, three-day trip of it if you've got the time and uh, and the energy. It's a great weekend, really, when you put it in that respect. The the meetings that are on show and the riders that are going to be on show as well. It's a great weekend. And the meeting that begins it all in British Speedway is Saturday 19th of March, Josh Orty's testimonial meeting. It starts at 5 o'clock in Scunthorpe at the Eddie Wright Raceway. That confirmed lineup once again. Danny King of Poole and Ipswich, Chris Harris of Berwick and Peterborough, Ben Barker representing Plymouth, Charles Wright of Redcar and Bellevue, Jake Allen of Scunthorpe, Simon Lambert of Scunthorpe, Richard Lawson of Poole and Kings Lynn, Ryan Douglas of Scunthorpe and Wolverhampton, Jordan Palin of Scunthorpe and Peterborough, Kyle Howarth of Leicester and Sheffield, Josh Orty, the man himself, representing Birmingham, of course, um, Paul Stark, Newcastle and Ipswich, Ulrich Ostergaard of Glasgow and Peterborough, Zane Kennedy of Scunthorpe, Tero Arneo at Scunthorpe, and Carl Newman of Oxford with uh, track reserves, Harry and Sam McGurk who, of course, uh, represent the Bellevue Colts, and uh, they'll be the track reserves. The format very much like a Grand Prix with uh, 20 qualifying heats, two semi-finals, and a final. But what about the man himself? We're going to talk more to Josh Orty in just a moment, find out about his early days and uh, a look at his career through British Speedway so far. Of course, he's still got a long way to go. He's only 31. There's plenty ahead. And we'll also find out what his dream meeting might look like as well. All to come on Humans of Speedway. You're listening to Humans of Speedway. If you haven't already, now could be a good time to hit the like, follow, subscribe button or whatever it is on whichever app you're using to make sure you get all the new episodes straight to your device as soon as they're available. Uh, in this episode, we're talking with Josh Orty, who marks his testimonial year this year, although it's been delayed by the pandemic somewhat. Um, but let's find out about Josh's backstory right now, um, because Josh has been a fixture at a number of clubs across British Speedway over the course of his career. But Josh, how did you um, get involved in Speedway in the first place? Because I think most people, there's there's like a family link in some way. It's, it's a family introduction. And is, is that the same story for you as well? Yeah, absolutely. My dad, my dad were a British sand racing champion. So he, um, him and my dad swung me, basically got me a bike. And I used to go to like local football pitches or whatever and ride, and ride around. I mean, if you did that today, you'd be the police on you straight away. So, um yeah, got a, I think it were a, a PW50, a Yamaha PW50. So rode, rode around fields and and things like that. And then that progressed to sort of doing schoolboy grass track. And uh, from the ages of six to about 14, it was pretty much every weekend through the summer, uh, riding, riding at various different clubs, uh, various meetings. They did, obviously did the schoolboy championships i think i won four british titles in mid time uh, on the grass track so yeah they were fun they were fun times particularly um when you're a young kid going in the caravan with your family camping out just really good moments that you know you, you remember forever to be honest Dewsbury as an area and i, I grew up in Dewsbury as did you but obviously 
Dewsbury has produced, or that area of West Yorkshire has produced some some great speedway riders of the time. Um, I obviously didn't go down that route, and the closest I came was probably riding my BMX around the Heckmondwike Cycle Speedway track. Um, but for you, how did you actually take that on from from just riding your your bike around fields and so on to to getting into speedway a little more deeply and and so on? I started doing sort of riding around before the meeting at Hull in the early 2000s. Eric were promoter there, and obviously Eric lived really close to, to where my granddad uh, lives. So my granddad kind of approached Eric and said, look, can Josh ride around before the meeting? Which Eric um, agreed to. Um, I mean, my, my granddad and dad, uh, sorry, my granddad and Eric are really good mates. Eric regularly calls around to my granddad's. Uh, I think yeah, I think he has a lot of respect for my granddad in terms of the how intelligent my granddad is in terms of he's a fantastic engineer. As I've mentioned before, he's, he he services all my engines and things like that. He's, he did all my engines in the schoolboy grass track scene as well. Straightens frames for myself. Um, James Sargent regularly calls round and drops frames off to be straightened, so he does. Everything really within, you know, anything from, well, he's, he's, he's built an engine up from scratch for me that, I, that I'm currently using at the minute. So I've, um, I regularly, uh, well, I've never found a job that he hasn't been able to do yet for me. So, um, yeah, he's just somebody who I have the utmost respect for. And the Eric you mentioned there, of course, is Eric Bucock, who, a former British champion, a fellow Dewsbury lad, a Halifax Dukes legend, and um, also um, a, a team manager as well with with Bradford Dukes and um, Sheffield co-promoter at, at Hull Speedway, as, as you touched on as well. But somebody who's been there, seen it, and done it all, and and what a character to to have in your corner. Eric's been a huge, huge influence on my career, especially from just from a young age. Is he? Sort of said to me, look, Josh, if you do things right and treat it as a business and, you know, be serious about what you do, you can make it your career. And um, he, from a very early age, instilled into me, I, I say the business side of sport particularly, you know, he, he started me on my journey and is, as I said, I owe a hell of a lot to Eric in terms of just help, support in general. I had good good times with him when he was team manager at Sheffield as well. We came so close to winning the league title there. As you mentioned, there's not a, there's not anything he hasn't done or experienced within the sport. So it's, it were, and 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 from a personal point of view, I've gained a really good friend from it all as well. As you as you mentioned, the list of accolades is is won throughout his racing career and as a manager as well is. He's quite simply a legend of the sport, um, and I, I was lucky enough to to sort of cross paths with him at a young age, and he 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 helped me massively throughout my career, and still does. And you took Eric's advice. He said, you know, take this seriously, think of it as a business, put your mind to it, be a professional, and you know, there's a career in this for you. And what was it like then? Your early stages, making your way into Speedway. Um, earning some money, probably not very much, but but a bit of money, and, and moving your way up through through the ranks, and of course making that leap initially with Scunthorpe and then Redcar in the uh, what's now the Championship leagues. 
I found the initial transition, particularly from sort of your conference league to your championship, I found that difficult to begin with. Obviously, as we mentioned, if you're a young lad coming through and you, you're winning races, you know, you're taking livelihood off the more experienced guys. So I think I had a few moments where I probably got not, you know, knocked off, but it were a tough, it were a tough eye opening for me. You know, coming up against these guys, I would, I probably through racing nationally, I became accustomed to winning, and winning was easy. But the, you know, the step up you make, you're not winning as many races, and the races become tougher. And it, it sort of, it's it toughens you up, it hardens you up. I mean, it's so. I I, I think now it's even tougher for your likes of the the step up from. Nationally to championship is phenomenal now because you come up against riders that are riding in premiership as well. You know, I think is it something like fifty, sixty percent of riders ride in the championship as well as the premiership. So that gap is just huge. You know, you, if you are just a young lad coming out of national league and you're coming up against Chris Harris and Danny King and Craig Cook and um, Scott Nichols, all these guys, they're the seasoned pros, the the experience they have, phenomenal. So it's it's really tough, and obviously, you know that there is the the financial aspects of you know coming from school. I had to you know insure my own van. Well, you know, being a fifteen year old kid, you you used to your parents and you know grandparents uh, financially supporting you. You know, the moment you turn sixteen, it's all these things you've got you've got to think about and organise as well. It's it it were tough, particularly the my first professional uh, season of racing with Redka. I remember not like not having a mechanic and my granddad who were I think seventy at the time had to drive me every week to to Redka to compete because I I didn't have anybody and I, I wasn't old enough to drive. So they were they were particularly challenging times, and I think I look back now, and thought, yeah, they were tough. But it also it also I think it makes you as if to think, you know, all these challenges you face, and you've got to you've just got to go out of head on and and conquer them almost. And you you move your way through the conveyor belt of speedway, I suppose. You you mentioned you rode for for Redco for a a couple of seasons, and and then after that you rode for Sheffield. You were loaned out from Coventry. Uh, to Sheffield for you see I th- I was surprised looking back I thought you rode for Sheffield for like five or six years or or maybe more but it's just my impression I used to go and go along to Sheffield quite a bit at that era and I was surprised that you you rode from just between 2009 and 2011 and, and a relatively short amount of time really but again a, a, a period where Sheffield were were pretty strong but just missed out on those those league titles that they probably should have won it does seem like I was at Sheffield longer. Um, I were only there three seasons, which sounds uh, not that long, but I had go- good memories there. I think the move from Redka uh, to Sheffield at, at second division level, it really... I mean, it, it wasn't just the the track. I were, I were living in Dewsbury, which were a 45-minute drive to Sheffield for a, for a home meeting. I'm I'm one for I'm under the impression that 
if you can cut traveling time to your home event, uh, to your home track, it is a huge benefit to you because you're not spending it traveling. You know, you're fresh. Don't get me wrong, when you've traveled like five hours, particularly to Edinburgh on a Friday Friday evening, it takes it out of you. If you're continuously doing that throughout the season, it takes its toll. So, you know, you want to make everything as easy as possible for you in order for you to score good a good amount of points to make a living from. So if you can make things easier, it, it most definitely helps. So that in terms of the move from Redka to Sheffield helped it cut out probably 45 minutes, well, in total, an hour and a half off travelling time, which which helps you. I could, I could uh, set off at four o'clock in the afternoon and be at Sheffield for, for five o'clock easy. Whereas obviously we we read it were a, it were an hour and a half one way, so it were I had to set off a bit earlier, which um which which helps. I think the travelling time helps and and as well, Eric were manager there. I think with him knowing me as a person, he he managed me um a lot. I think it's being a being a good manager, you know, it's it's knowing when to Give a rider a kick up ass and and to to put an arm around a rider, and he he knew when to give me a kick up kick up the backside and when to put an arm around me. You know, it's almost feeling loved by that manager, and you know by managing me right, he got, a, you know, he got me to score a lot of points for the club and which were beneficial for Sheffield. Sheffield is um, a little bit different in in British Speedway, isn't it? That firstly. Not every rider has has mastered it because there is a trick to it, but it's so fast and that's unusual because it's inside a dog track. Many of the tracks inside dog tracks, for example, Wolverhampton or Newcastle, you know, very tight on the bends really. Whereas Sheffield, it's full throttle the whole way. Yeah, it's it it's a terrific venue as well. I think it's a brilliant stadium, brilliant track. It's always well prepared. It's. Um... It's just a brilliant stage to be on there. It's had some good, you know, it's held some great meetings. I think it held the World Cup in 2002. I think it held a, um, a semi-final there, if I seem to recall. It's had some, you know, it's the Championship Riders final as well. It's mainly held at Sheffield. It's held some really great meetings. So it's just a great place and a good, I think Sheffield in particular has always been a good speedway town. Uh, well, city, you know, it's always had speedway in the city. So it's yeah, it's it's a, as you mentioned, great track, great stadium, great facilities there. It's, you know, the the geared up for success. Sheffield, as I say, it is it is a big track, but there it is also still in its own way a technical track, and you can you can see the the riders that have had experience around there and, and know exactly where to put the bike versus those that, that haven't. Um, usually it's that first and second turn and, and down that first back straight, really. But what is the key to mastering Ollerton? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like a, a te- technique of allowing the, the bike to sort of, you're keeping your wheels in right line and not really scrubbing your speed off by turning too hard. Whereas you, if you went to somewhere like Wolverhampton, it's almost a tough, you know, it's chalk and cheese is Wolverhampton to Sheffield. It's a tight circuit. So you, you've, you've got to 
turn and force the bike to turn almost. Whereas at Sheffield, you're kind of going against wanting to turn as hard because you're trying to keep your wheels in line to generate speed. So yeah, it's there's I, th- I, I yeah I would say yeah there is a certainly a tip technique uh, to 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 you know as I said keeping your wheels in line and 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 you know keeping that momentum. Similarly though for. Um... Coventry, which is where you went next. I mean, again, uh, sadly, it's a track that's that's currently, well, I would say, no more uh, because there's still hope and, and and people are doing what they can to to save um, Coventry, as we well know, which is one of the again the, one of the iconic venues in British Speedway that's held British finals and intercontinental finals and all this kind of stuff. In fact, Grand Prix, so the first British Grand Prix was uh, was held at, at Coventry, such as its importance. Um, but again. Um, one of those tracks that's inside a, a dog track, but quite a big one, quite a fast one, sort of in contrast to the likes of Wolverhampton. You know, Coventry was a quick track. Yeah, Co- Coventry were a super fast track. It's, and another brilliant another brilliant venue as well. Stadium were, were mega. Yeah, it's really sad to see pictures of the state it's in right now. It's uh, I try and avoid looking at them, really. It's just sad. It's just a sad state of affairs. As you, as you mentioned, the whole first... British Grand Prix to be held there. You know, I remember the great, great nights when when Coventry won the playoffs and everything. Phenomenal moments uh, within within Speedway, and it's just. I really hope it comes back because it's be a huge, huge loss to to not to British Speedway massively. We're probably getting to the point where there's a whole generation of younger fans now who never experienced Coventry, never even knew it as a team. Unfortunately. But it was a, you know, an iconic name is an iconic name in in British Speedway. That if it were to come back, would be just huge, and and we hope that that one day is the case. I'd certainly put it up there with probably the most legendary. I'd say Bellevue is. If you go anywhere, I mean, I've rode in Australia and places like that. If you help show that in Bellevue, Aces colours, they know who they are uh, above anybody else. I think I, I would. Certainly think that that Bellevue were probably the most legendary, but Coventry are most certainly up there with them. And yeah, it was just a good time. I think owners, I mean, the owners come in and the the finance the finances help to be successful, and the owner at Coventry certainly flexed his financial power in terms of investing within the club. Everything in terms of just the the pay, paying the track staff. Obviously, helping the the riders to 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 get sponsors to be able to buy the best equipment, everything everything has to be geared up, and finances play a massive part in that if you want to be successful. So you know that, as I said, the owners definitely definitely financed the the financial period, uh, the the successful period that Coventry had. There were, you know, it were always Coventry or Pool, particularly in the in the from sort of 2005 to sort of 2010, I'd say in that period, you know, it were it were between Pool and and Coventry for who, who won the who won the, the the top division title. You know, fingers crossed that the the council help. I I think the council play a massive part, um, particularly in Coventry area for for Speedway, and I, you know, from what. The mess, the the messages and vibe that I'm, 
that I'm getting told is that the council want the speedway to come back. That you know they don't want to sell the 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 venue for housing. So yeah, just fingers crossed that I think the public as well can help get get Coventry Speedway back up and running. It'd be be a fantastic fantastic acquisition, particularly for the top division because I've always been a top division club. So yeah, well, fingers crossed that that something turns out there. Scunthorpe, of course, is the the club that you've you've ridden for the most um, in in any of the leagues, and um, that's the reason you're having your your testimonial there. But you've had nine solid years there, and we talked about it coming to a a bit of a a, a, a dramatic halt in 2021. But up until that point, though, you've you've enjoyed some some terrific times with Scunthorpe, and uh, you know if you're riding for any club for that amount of time, you you must enjoy your time there. Yeah, absolutely. The the supporters have been phenomenal there. The I very much relate to them. They're a very it's a very working class town. The work, there's an old guy there that that comes with a um a disabled lad who always speaks to me before every meeting. Um just a phenomenal guy, just um just nice personal moments like that. You get a you know, I know, I know a lot of people there, so it's it were it was sad to see it end, but Everything comes to an end eventually. I would have, I would have liked to have won more trophies within that period as well. I think from the first season I moved there we, in 2012, we won the league title and then never really came close to, to winning it again, really. Were very, there, were, there were some moments within the seasons where... Um, Issues happened. I think there was one year where Dougie, Ryan Douglas, didn't get his visa in time or whatever, so he missed a, a period at start of the season, which, um, you know, if you've, if you've lost sort of three matches within within start of the season, you know, you've lost them, them, you know, you've almost lost nine points that, that could be the difference between, you know, getting into them playoffs and winning the league championship and not, um, I think we lost Stevie Worrell one year in 2018 as number one. Just we never seemed to really have uh, have any luck on a side after after winning it in 2012. So, but you you know luck plays a part. I don't care what anybody says in sport. It's that is the it almost tips the balance in the in the in the team that wins. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed. I'd say about ninety percent of my time there. You know, you don't you don't enjoy uh, the meetings that you lose, um, but I won I won a fair few in my time, which were good. So yeah, I've got fond fond memories that I'll uh, you know that I'm going to remember for for the rest of my life. Well, this is it, and you, you'll always be uh, held in high regard at Scunthorpe, and uh, obviously that's why people are going to be turning out for you at your uh, at your testimonial um, at the start of the season. Um, one other thing, just to mention, you, you, you touched on that you, you rode in Australia, and and it was a very unusual situation in many respects. In that you you took part in the Queensland State Championship, and uh, also the Jack Young Solo Cup, and and you, you did pretty well, has to say. Yeah, the first year I went out there were <clears throat> I really got Marcus and Ben Williams were just unbelievable. That you know that their trek was like their own sons. We were threat like kings over there um unbelievable memories um you know there were 
first year we went out, I think there were me, Brendan Johnson, Adam Raffle, Kyle Newman, Gino Manzares. Um, and then they want they obviously wanted to expand it to like a seven man team. The second year, the, I think both the Warrells came out, Kyle Howarth came out. And obviously, you got seven lads living under one roof. You can imagine the the mayhem that that we caused. So, yeah, if just phenomenal times and memories that that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life again. Um, yeah, the the first year I went out in '09, won quite a lot of races, which were good. I think um, the the big one were winning the the Queensland title to, to Darcy Ward at, at Brisbane. Were uh, were huge, um, and I, it were only when uh, Marcus Williams mentioned to me, I forgot that 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 meeting I had, uh, I got a mass, I got an eye infection, a really bad eye infection from uh, from my contact lenses. So we're having to, I couldn't, I can't remember this because all I remember were winning, but I, the the issues I had in that meeting, I were I were lucky to even compete in it. To be fair. So to to win and and have all them is, ongoing issues within the meeting, I, I remember having to take my contact lenses and clean them out throughout the meeting, which is just it's not ideal in a in a super dusty environment. And you're taking a contact lens in and out and and everything. Um, the meeting itself didn't didn't really go that well for me. I think I scraped through into the semi final and then won the semi final and then won the final. I was by no means most consistent rider at night, but I ended up coming away with the trophy, which were which were great. Um, so yeah, it were there were there were great moments, great memories. Josh Adams, the Queensland champion, Always great to win some kind of title and on the on the doorstep of the Aussies, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it what? Yeah, we we celebrated that night. We're good, we're very good. <laughs> Sounds great. What happens in Australia stays in Australia. But coming next, we're going to find out what Josh Orty's dream Speedway meeting would look like. His dream track, dream stadium, all-time one to seven, and much, much more. On the way next on Humans of Speedway. This is Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. My guest this time is Josh Orty, who has spent time with a number of British Speedway clubs over the course of his career, most notably Scunthorpe, and that's where he's going to be having his testimonial meeting, which opens the 2022 Speedway season on the 19th of March, but also spent time with the Red Car Bears, Sheffield Tigers, the Coventry Bees, the Birmingham Brummies, the Leicester Lions, and uh, a spell with Kings Lynn as well. So, Quite a few clubs covered, and right now he's going to describe and design his dream Speedway meeting, which I know that in many ways he has done in creating his testimonial, but right now uh, it, we're going to find out if there were no rules, no limitations, what would make his dream meeting. So the first question for you, Josh, is uh, if you were going to choose the perfect track, which track would you choose to host your dream Speedway meeting on? I would have to say Scunthorpe. I do think it produces the best racing, but I'm going to say a close second would be a track in Australia called Gilman. And I had some... Uh, is that, I think that might have been where I won the Jack Young Cup, actually. That's the Jack Young Cup, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that were I really, really enjoyed racing that track. And I'd love to see a Grand Prix there, actually. I think that will produce some unbelievable racing at Grand Prix level. It's not a particularly uh, big track. I think it were around about the 285-meter mark. But I had some great races, races there, and I thought, wow, this if this could host a Grand Prix, it'd be amazing. So Gilman would be a close second, but I, I'm gonna go with Scunthorpe because I've seen some, particularly in the in the time that I had off in 2022, I thought I saw some great races there, and it'll it'll continue to produce great racing there because it's got, it, it's you know it's it's wide enough, and it's not particularly a a big a super big track where riders can sort of. Once they get the wheels in line and gener- generate that speed from from sort of the start, um, I th- I think in terms of entertainment value, Scunthorpe produces the best racing. Okay, Scunny then for the track. If you're going to put the Scunthorpe track in a bigger stadium, though, for the atmosphere and stuff, where would you put it? It's got to be Millennium Stadium. Yeah, always good. Unbelievable. I did a obviously our track reserve at, at the Grand Prix there twice and. Yes. Um, just thought, wow, wow, what a stadium, phenomenal. And I, weirdly, I went there when I was, uh, I think I were 11. My dad took me to watch Man United versus Liverpool in the community shield, which we lost. <laughs> I think Liverpool scored in the first 10 minutes. I think they got a penalty in the first 10 minutes and uh, we were at that end where they, where they scored it. Oh, so it was just weird that I went to watch a football game there and then sort of 10 years later I were riding a speedway back there it's quite a while ago now isn't it but you were uh, a track reserve at one of the grand prix and uh, you were you were called into action you got your moment yeah i got i got a, i got to ride i did a race in 2013 um oh, that's right you pick up a point yes yeah, i scored a point i beat antonio limbach which were so I got a GP point, which were cool. Coming up in Heat 18, Josh Orty replaces the injured Ty Woffenden. Orty, who rides for the Birmingham Brummies in the Elite League, for Scunthorpe in the Premier League. And uh, Josh is uh, a young man widely regarded with a bright future in the sport. The introductions are one thing, but then to actually go out, you know, in a, in a meaningful, you know, a proper race and, and all that in, in the Grand Prix, it must be pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty nerve-wracking, but once... Once that tapes has tapes have gone up and you're in that first corner, it's the whole focus is on scoring some points and winning and choosing the right lines. If some if a rider's in front, he kind of yeah he's gone. You kind of gauging what the rider in front is in front of you is doing. So if he's gone wide, you like I kind of think oh let's try and get underneath him. If I gain any 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 momentum on him, stay there. And then if I don't, move to move to a different part of the track. It's um particularly in my my head, that's what, what I'm always thinking. Where 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 to ride to to sort of go fast. Holder off the inside, Orty off gate number two, Lindback off three and Harris off the outside. Holder's best score this season, 14 in Gothenburg. Uh, can he be- beat that tonight? He's made a good start there and now has that lead. Josh Orty is in second place and then <laughs> I'll tell you what. Fantastic experience, though, and days like that don't come round very often. Let's look at 
your dream team now, your all-time one to seven. I imagine there'll be a few Grand Prix stars that, that maybe make this, but talk us through your dream team then from one to seven. Who would make it? I think Tony Ricardson's got to be up there. Six times world champ. I mean, that's ridiculous, really. Um, Mark Laram's got Mark Laram's in there because of obviously just the amount of respect that I have for him. Uh, Lions, Jason Lyons is in there because I had a lot of respect for him competing against him. Uh, Bomber. Danny, Danny King, close friend as well. I'd like to throw him in there. Done road road throughout my grass track uh, career against well I didn't comp race against him but it was always at events so that's how I, how I knew Danny from such a young age I'm going to stick Ricky in there because he's another close friend of mine Ricky Ashworth um, obviously uh, suffered career ending injuries um, really sad to see and then probably another one I'm going to stick Gary Stead in there another friend of mine that's um again suffered career ending injuries as well but they they have both them guys have quite a big influence on me i mean gary lives down the road from me so you know i often swing by and have sort of a brew with him and and a bit of a catch up and he's um he's always one that's um you know always puts an arm around me and, and uh you know he's, he's a friend more than anything to be honest no that's that's great and a great lineup i'm sure that uh you know if if they're in their uh in their heydays and stuff that would be quite some um some clash if they were all able to ride together um so who would be the referee have you got a, have you got a particular referee that you're a fan yeah tony steel tony steel tony steel another vote for tony steel he's he, he is the yeah. most i think he's, he's certainly the most respected among the people that i've interviewed in the past is the name that comes up often Absolutely, the riders respect him more more than anything, which is good. He's just probably the the best referee. It's as simple as that. Tony Steele, if you were going to change a rule of speedway, what would you change? If somebody's anticipated a start, just let it go. The, the, that that rider's chanced it, and they've you know they've they've uh, played the game and and got and, and got away with it instead of bringing it back. Yeah, I don't think us riders like getting brought back to tapes again and again after somebody's jumped it or whatever. Just let it go. I mean, it'd be really interesting to do a meeting where riders are actually allowed to touch the tapes like how it used to be back in the day. That'd be, I think that'd be really... In, I'd be quite interested in doing that, to be honest, because it adds a different element, particularly to the start as well. You know, you've got a lot more things to think about almost. That Oh, yeah, your, your tapes can be touched and knocked. So, yeah, it'd be, be an interesting one, that. Because you could be knocking the tapes, but I suppose you could it could penalise yourself in a way because you could be on the... You could be pulling your bike back at the point the tapes go Absolutely. up, in which case... Absolutely. yeah, yeah. It adds, it adds a totally different element to it all. Yeah, double or quits. And and if there was um, a team that was going to race against your, your All-Stars, like an actual team that has existed... In the past, which team would you love to see lining up? Possibly the Somerset team that uh, Scunthorpe beaten in 2012. I'd like to see uh, that again, almost a rematch with same riders. That'd be probably one. Um, the 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 pool era were were phenomenal. 
when Paul Adric and Lee Adams, Antonio Limbach, I mean, that could smash anybody really, the team that they had. So, yeah, probably the summer set of 2012 or particularly pools of um, whatever year they had. Uh, I think they had Tony Ricarts and Lee Adams, Bjarni Pedersen, Antonio Limbach all in the same lineup. I mean, you've got four Grand Prix riders in the, in the lineup there. It's, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's not it's bad. ridiculous, really, to be fair. <laughs> it's almost Ipswich, uh, Ipswich 98, but not, not quite. But uh, it's, it's that kind of ilk, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. Sounds like a tremendous meeting and, and, and thanks very much for joining us, Josh, and telling us a bit about yourself. And, uh, of course, all the best with your testimonial meeting. The 19th of March is the opening date of the British Speedway season and Josh Orty's testimonial is the very first fixture at the Eddie Wright Raceway in Scunthorpe. Get yourself down there. It's a five o'clock start and um, a, a great lineup of riders and a great um, evening of entertainment uh, is going to be in store. And uh, all the very best of luck with it, Josh, and uh, all the best for the season ahead as well. And here's to a good one for you to, uh, to make up for, for what happened last year. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you know, thanks for having me on the show, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'd love to do it again sometime. Our pleasure. My thanks once again to Josh Orty for joining us on this episode of Humans of Speedway. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as uh, as I have. And uh, don't forget Josh's big events once again. The date you need: nineteenth of March. It's a five o'clock start at the Eddie Wright Raceway in Scunthorpe. One of our previous episodes from just the other week was with Lewis Kerr, and his testimonial is the day after that, Sunday, March 20th. Find about, out about Louis Kerr in uh, that previous episode. And uh, it won't be long to wait for the Ben Fund Bonanza. And uh, the previous episode to this was with Paul Aykroyd, who tells us all about his career as a top referee, 28 years refereeing Speedway. He's got some good stories and a good insight into uh, the life of a referee, but he's also the chairman of the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund, which is the world's only charity, and we've got it right here in this country, that helps injured Speedway riders. So find out more about that and also about the Ben Fund Bonanza meeting, which will be on Sunday, March 27th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at Peterborough. Thanks once again for joining us. Um, We'll be back with you with another episode very soon. In the meantime, take care, and we'll speak to you soon on the next Humans of Speedway. Podcast Network.